everyone. Welcome to another episode with us, Bell Vista Studios. I'm Hannah. We've got Kim here. We've got Victoria, the whole team. And what we're doing in today's episode is we are celebrating five years of Bell Vista Studios running as an instructional design business. So it's very exciting. And what we're going to do is Kim has, she is the founder of Bell Vista Studios and she has kept it running for those five years. And throughout that time, she has obviously learned a lot has a lot of advice to share and has been through challenges and changed the way she's done things to keep us running as a business. So what we're going to do, this is for anyone who would like to freelance as an instructional designer, who is freelancing as an instructional designer, who wants to start an instructional design business, uh, this video will add value to you. So Victoria and I have prepared some questions for Kim to draw that value out of her. Um, so yeah, do you want to ask the first question, Victoria? Yes. Um, so my first question is, um, if there's someone out there who might be working full-time or part-time doing something else, but they know that they want to start freelancing, what are some small things they could start doing on the side to like build up that momentum before they quit their job, basically? Yeah, good question. Um, I would say you need to tell everyone that you can without if you're trying to hide it from your job um <laughs> not letting them know but tell everyone you can that this is your plan this is your future because people get really excited and inspired and where they can they want to help you so they could be your first potential client um or they might know someone that is your first potential client so when you run a business you want to earn money because that's like one of the basic needs so you're going from secure um, money in a job to creating those opportunities for yourself so you need to put your feelers out and try and let as many people as possible know because it might be only one person that is a potential client or none so first thing is that even before you quit um, but sometimes you might be in a circumstance where you are like going from zero and it's just tell everyone you know um, I would definitely do like number two is is this the right decision for you so really check on yourself like why are you leaving a full-time or a part-time role where you're an employee and you need to like be honest with yourself are you running from something is it fear that is making you want to leave that situation so really check in why do you want to get out of the current situation and then the second part of that is why do you want to have complete ownership on control and create whatever that looks like in a business opportunity for you? Because there's a lot to business. You can be really good at like as an instructional designer or e-learning, um, but there's a lot when you run a business. You've got to be marketing. You've got to be sales. You've got to be customer um, experience or customer service. You might need to be like team member, team leader hire subcontractors, contractors, all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot to business. It's almost like its own little discipline. So figuring out, you know, are you running from something? And maybe you just need to check in and is a business the right next step for you? Or is it just leaving a current job and going to something else? So figure out that why. And then why do you want to own your own business? Because a lot of people like may not be the best business owner, there's aspects of that that they really like. So how can you create that in another 
uh, situation. So maybe you go and work for something like us where you can have more flexibility and freedom in the workplace, um, more creative control and work on certain clients and things like that. So yeah, check in as to why. They're the two things I'd say. Cool. Love that. <laughs> Anna, <laughs> next question. Uh, my first question is, how do you manage feelings of imposter syndrome? Uh, what if you just eliminated that language from your mind and your speech and it just didn't exist then you would just be I think and I think that's one part but if you want something tan like that is tangible to me but take action Action gets you out of a place of welling or a, pace, a place of fear. If you take action, you're growing momentum and that momentum takes you away from those feelings of imposter syndrome. I think imposter syndrome means that you're sitting in your head a lot um, mm. and you're making up stories and meaning in your head and it exists, like, but it's just self-doubt. It's just, and we have it. So okay, I'm doubting myself right now, or can I do it? I don't know. What would it take to do it? Okay, well, here's some steps that it might take to do it. Okay, which one am I going to do first? Like, it's just take action, make a little plan. What am I afraid of? What is this fear that's showing up? Like, I've never done it before. Okay, well, what's something similar that I've done that I could kind of take some clues from and apply it to this new situation that I haven't done before? So looking for opportunities like that. Love that. Very useful. Um, my next question is, how did you know that you were ready to quit your full-time job to start your business? Like, was there some final step you got to where you thought, this is it? Or did you just wake up one day and decide? <laughs> I've always wanted to have my own business since I was like a little girl, since I was like 12 or something. I was like looking up marketing and stuff so it's probably it's in my blood and that's going back to the first question is that why like there's clues in your childhood so if you're going to take the time to self-assess where you're at and what's important to you and how you want to live out your life go back to your childhood I think there's lots of clues in where you're artistic or where you're sporty you know what were those things um and for me personally how I knew was that's been niggling there, but I never knew the one thing. I wanted to own a business and start a business, but I didn't know what it was. Initially, it was going to be a skate company or a surf brand, making stickers and clothing. I even studied down that line. Then I figured I don't like that industry. You know, I don't like, it doesn't seem like a nice industry because I got a taste in it. I started working in stores to learn about the fashion, the culture, how do people buy, how do they make decisions? And then I was like, ooh, like, it, you can only earn so much and it's very restricting for the lifestyle I wanted to live. So then I got into a job, just basically I started doing more of the things that I liked and less of the things that I didn't like. And I started to sculpt out a path, but it wasn't the thing. And it's, as I started sculpting, I started to find and reveal things. I didn't know what e-learning was. Like, I literally found out e-learning like three years before I started the business kind of thing. So, but it revealed itself to me. And there's clues from my childhood that e-learning is actually a good thing. Like if I go back to when I was a little girl, 
I like used to play school like when I was like under 10 you know I was a teacher and my freaking sister and her little friend were sitting down in front of my chalkboard I don't know what we're teaching them but like there is there was clues back then I was creative I like drawing so the e-learning the graphic design and then it was like shaping 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 and it exposed itself and then I was like oh, I think I became disengaged as an employee at a job and someone gave me an opportunity to go into another job in the e-learning industry. And I was really torn. I remember working with Hannah asking, I pulled her into the room. I'm like, what do I do? And um, I was like, I've got, I want to do my own thing. Uh, but I've also got this opportunity to learn from a business because I didn't know at the time how to quote things. I didn't know how much people, I had an insight on how to charge because people were vendors to where I was working. And then I said, maybe I'll give it a go here. I don't think I'm quite ready to go out on my own. It's a little bit scary. So I was disengaged. I was leaving that place. I was on the verge of I'm going to go out on my own. And just as I was like literally within a month of like, I'm going to leave this place in a month and go out on my own. In that same month, an opportunity presented itself to learn from an e-learning business. So I took that opportunity and then I started doing my thing that I said I told people I started thinking like I want to start my own thing and then jobs like started happening and I was doing them on the side and um then from there I say I was doing them on the side I think I had two opportunities and they are our first client and they're still a client of ours which I think is pretty special mm-hmm. um And that was like a close friend of a close friend. That's where that opportunity came from. So then I was there and that place was just not aligned to my culture, like my values. I was like, I got to get out of here. This is an evil, not evil, but it is like really the behaviors are not okay. And I was like, I don't care now. I didn't have anything to go to. I literally was like, I'm out of here. Like I cannot, my Uh, like my values would not accept the behaviors I was seeing and I was willing I hated it that much I was starting to get like bummed out I didn't want to go to job I've been working since I was 13 this is a long story but I've been working since I was 13 and I've literally taken three sick days up until that job and I took two sick days with that I wasn't even sick because that's how much like I love working but then they turned me around and we're like well I was like no nah, I don't want to do sick like I'm like I was cheating the system kind of thing because that's how much I didn't like being there mm. and so I was like nah I've had enough now this is not okay it's actually changing who I am as a person and I'm not willing to accept that so I literally was like gotta go and I made the decision to resign and I was a little bit hesitant like I was like going out to nothing I had no money like I had savings um, nothing significant. I think I had like 10 grand. I always have had like 10 grand in my bank account since I've been young as my buffer, you know, never go below that. So it wasn't like I could, but I could survive. Right. And I was like, I'm leaving. And I remember talking to my parents at one dinner, like one night. And I was just like, Oh, I said it confidently. I'm leaving. Like I'm resigning this week. And I was actually kind of asking their permission or sensing them out to see what did, is it okay? Should I do this? I don't know. I'm terrified of like starting my own business. What the hell am I doing? And they just kind of were like, like they literally were just like, and I was like, 
okay, well, they're not saying no. So I guess I'm resigning this week. And so I resigned and that was it. That was it. Then I was like, no turning back. Um, and yeah, that was the decision. That's how I got there. It was always there, but it took enough pain for me to go, time to go now. I'm not going to accept this anymore. And the work that I wanted on myself was like, I don't want to die and have not, like a big thing for me is living a fulfilling life every day and I'm not living a fulfilling life. And what does that fulfilling life look like? I looked at that five minute start with why TED talk by Simon Sinek. And that really, I sat down for two and a half hours one day, did that activity and that revealed Bell Vista Studios. And yeah, here we are. I don't know if you want to go into any more of that and hopefully there's something in the story. There'll be, things will resonate, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I feel like it, everything lined up for you and there was like little signs along the way of things that weren't working and things that you wanted to work that were like kind of coming to you. <laughs> so yeah. I like that's really cool. I've always, I don't know where it came from, but I've always, since I was a late teen, done more of the things, this is adding value to my life, this is not adding value, and taking action towards or away from those things, and then I'm always paying attention to, like, that lights me up, or I get pumped about that, or I really enjoy that, or anytime I finish that type of thing, like, I'm really excited, how can I get more of that into it? So that, that's why I say there's childhood, there's clues in your childhood. You just got to take your time, figure mm -hmm. out what they are and then create the opportunity because nothing is guaranteed. And I, even a job is never secure. That's why I like did my little air quotes because nothing is guaranteed. So you're technically freelancing already just for mm -hmm. an organization. Mm -hmm. That's the way I see employment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I think what's like really cool about you, Kim, is you take full responsibility for your life. Like I've always really been inspired by that. Like the fact that you see that something is not the way that you want it to be and you actually do something about it. Like even um, going through the process of watching that Simon Sinek video and then like taking the time, even if it's just like two hours to go through and figure out exactly what your ultimate life will look like or your ultimate company, like, those actions I think can really help like lead you to where you need to be so yeah. I think that's like a really good like I think it comes naturally for you but it's also a habit you've built where you make sure that you like take action and do something about it and mm -hmm. that I think that's what's led to such an incredible business that's been able to like survive through everything <laughs> yeah it's and really I, I don't know if it's natural but it's natural to my values so that is the activity is to figure out well, what are my values and I think like a common one is you know everyone says family is my number one value but like is it your number one value or is it because you're supposed to say that now I don't want to like offend people by putting that out there but it's like is it like is, is it your number one value and why is that how has it become your number one value is it because that's what you see out in the world? Is that because you've been told and people say, or oh, my family is, I do everything for my family. I know I'm just picking that one right now, but you know, what are your values? And my decision, my number one value is to feel alive and I need to have a fulfilling life every day so that if I die, like right now, I know that the relationships and the people that I love, I've done everything with them and it's okay. 
that I have spent the day that I want. Like today, I'm on half day work because I'm doing an activity that's important to me that is completely unrelated to the business. Because now I'm like pumped after that. And I'm like going on and living. I'm living my ultimate life. And work is not the only aspect of our lives. So do a, a check. My decisions are a lot easier because I'm very aware of what my values are and the order that they are prioritized in. That's really cool. Is there like a resource or something that you would refer people to to help them discover what their values are? Or is it as simple as them just sitting down and taking the time to actually think about it and list them out? Yeah, the, I'm trying to think. I read a book that kind of stirred an activity and I'm going to like summarize. I can't think which book it is. I'm looking at like five different books on the floor there. Um, but the activity for me was write down what your values are. Just whatever comes up, you know, family came up, feeling alive, um, learning, different things, fulfilling life every day. Um, so I looked at that. And then the next question to ask was, Actually, I think it came from Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant Within. So the next question with that, I had them listed down and then it was like, what are each of these costing you? And that was a really interesting question for me to ask because I had to think, I had a value that was really high to me. Um, I thought it was my highest one, but when I looked at it, it was actually preventing me from having the rest of my values achieved. Mm -hmm. And so I felt unfulfilled. I felt not my true self, not my authentic self, not enjoying life as much as I could. I said, wow, like that was interesting that the value I thought was my highest was actually costing the others. It was making them not as livable or I wasn't living and breathing them so then the next part of when you do you go like family feeling alive what is each of them costing you and that revelation for me was like the next part of the activity is to reprioritize them if they were in the ideal order what does that look like and for me that top one had to go to the I think it became number four or five and it was actually when I moved the other one, two, three, when I lived them, which were values for me, from my uh, way of wanting to exist in the world and that, like no one else's influence on my values and how I showed up in the world. If I was able to live the number one and the number two, all of the rest just would exist and be. And that one that I was prioritizing would be even better than it was currently, even though I was trying to prioritize that one as the best one. So yeah, what are your values? And then thinking about what are each of them costing you? And then going, okay, well, the things will reveal. Now, what do I want them to be? What is the order of priority? Or maybe there's new ones that actually reveal themselves. Mm. It took me like an hour and a half to do that. I have a follow-up question. Yeah, go on. <laughs> a very long video but there's a lot of value <laughs> um do you think your personal values need to be the same as like your company's values if you start a business that's a really brilliant question and I would say 
I believe it is important. Mm. And I think where that we've benefited is there's not really a difference between Kim Tui and Bell Vista Studios. I was like, who is Kim Tui? And then Bell Vista Studios became a logo, mm. right? And the benefit of that is that I am myself 100%, well, sometimes I'm not, but like I am myself when I am a team member with you guys, when I am your leader, when I am your friend, when I am at home with people that I love, when I'm out getting my grocery shopping, when I am talking to clients, when I am getting sales, when I am doing these kinds of videos. So how easy is my life when I'm not pretending to be someone else? And because we spend so much time at work, I don't want to have two identities. For me, it is just makes sense for them to be the same thing. And I think we've done that really well because Kim and Bell Vista Studios are the same thing. What's really fortunate is that your personal values and who you are as human beings also resonate with Kim Tui's values. And therefore, we've just created a culture and an environment where we like mold together really nicely. Mm. So I would say if you're a business owner, why are you creating a business? Were you creating a business to create some sort of ultimate life for you? So, of course, your values should be the same thing because otherwise it becomes a job. And I don't want a job. I want a lifestyle. So for that reason, the lifestyle that I've created is awesome. And it a part of it is e-learning and instructional design and what we do. But yeah, it makes it a lot easier for me to make decisions. It makes me so excited to just get up and be myself all day in all things that I do. So I would say it is important to do that. There'll be definitely different things, but there's no misalignment about who I am. I'm always me in all situations in life. And that's just a breath of fresh air to be able to do other challenging things that come up. And I think what that plays out really nicely is like as well beyond us, you know, I've like, you guys are amazing. We are like a really special unit, but we're attracted to each other we attracted that team, you know, there was you and I, Hannah, and then, you know, Vic was your friend. So it was already that I was like, well, Hannah's got a lot of good qualities that I really appreciate as a human and as a worker. And she has this good friend. So that good friend has to have something similar to me. So then that's where you came in, Vic. But what does that show up with now? Look at the content that we produce, the projects that we produce are aligned to us as human beings, not a vendor, not a contractor, not a freelancer. It's us and our energy and our um, existence going out into the world, which means that we create better solutions because we truly are in the right business for the right reasons. So we're trying to solve problems that are like, we care about making better humans. Like they're things that we want to do. I want to help people be better. And we do that through training. So now we, put out content like that. So we've got a community that's amazing, that supports us, that shares the value that uh, it's bringing to their lives and landing their, their, dream, their dream jobs. And um, they're creating amazing solutions that are impacting the world in a positive way. So how cool is that? 
And then on the other side, we're attracting these clients that just love us and that they are calling us because they want to work on projects where we're so in synergy. And then it goes out into the world and then we are having this impact on their workforce where that workforce is giving feedback back up to the executives to say, this is the best e-learning I've ever done. Wow, 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 wow. And that ripple effect is huge. And that wouldn't be possible in my eyes if we weren't aligned with all of our values out as human being to business existence. They're the same. Mm -hmm. We're just being, we're just doing what we're passionate about, loving what we're doing to the best of our ability, with the best intention. Boom. <laughs> That's so good. Is it my turn or your turn, Vic? Because I feel like we've asked lots of follow-up questions. Um, and potentially. But I think it's your turn, but you had a few <laughs> follow-up questions from mine, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I started business, I think. And now we're... <laughs> okay, well, my next question is actually aligned to what you've been talking about, and that just magically happens. That's really cool. <laughs> Um, my question was, how do you decide whether you want to hire a team? That's the first part. And then like, if so, like, how do you choose your team? But I feel like you have sort of mm. answered way, but yeah, if you have any insight for people on that side of things. Yeah. I think, um, for me personally, I was never going to be a solo. I could do it myself, but I didn't want to. There's things that I know that I fucking hate. So <laughs> Uh, and, and I have to do them as a business like that is I can't get rid of them what, what I do is like and everyone that's done like a health and safety like uh training where it's like PPE administration it goes all the way to elimination if there's something in my life that's not working or I don't like it's elimination but there's certain tasks that I can eliminate as a business owner which means that I need support so that was the first decision um was like I can't continuously do these tasks. And what else is there that I'm either not good at, someone can do it way better, or I don't want to do them anymore. So you just look at everything that you're kind of doing and put them into that order. And then there's all the things that I love doing, right? And then you find people that like the thing that you hate, they absolutely love. And you're like, oh my God, dream. So the first thing is you got to decide, like, do you want to lead a team not everyone's made out to lead a team you know like not everyone wants to work with others we have our own expectations it's very difficult when you have expectations and then they're not met so do is that a friction that you want in your life because people management is 30 percent of the business you've got operations so like client work tasks that sort of stuff you got strategic um, which is working on the business. How do we get more business? How are we reinvesting back into ourselves to grow and to continue to sustain? And then there's 30%, which is your people. So it's a lot of time if you're doing your business right, because we a lot of people tend to sway into that operational side and spend a lot of time there. Then they like get fatigued and just is a job. So you got to make that decision. You know, are there clues in life that made you a team player you know did you play team sports did you do individual sports do you have you ever mentored people have you ever how have you worked in teams is that something you wanted to do do you want to be the face like maybe you don't like for the longest time victoria never wanted to be on video you know and she I hid behind the background <laughs> and we forced her <laughs> and that's the power of being a boss so it's great <laughs> 
<laughs> but there's lots of things that you got to really think about. And then there's like, well, where do I want to take this? You know, like, and sometimes it's easier to have a team, you know, like we can do, we are so good because we've all got different strengths. So it makes life easier. So having a think about those kinds of things. Um, and I think you get to a stage in your business, especially because you normally start off as a solo where you're like, I am taking on too much or I don't want to do this anymore. And then you are at that position. And it's like, well, can I get rid of these tasks or do I have to do them? And then you're in a position to hire. And yeah. then you think about, are they going to be a team member? Or are they just a freelancer or a virtual assistant or someone else that's out there doing their thing? And maybe they have other people that they serve as well. So it's not as a unit, like we're talking every day, we work together, that kind of stuff. So we are a legit team. So yep. there's that. And then there is how do you hire a team? So it was, for me, it was always going to be value-based. Um, like I have to like the person. <laughs> so I have to, and I think it's experimenting. So you guys have come on very differently. So I knew nothing about Vic. Hannah and I worked together in an organization for a couple of years. I remember when I first set eyes on her, love it's first sight. Um, there was something, there was a spark about you as a human that I just connected to. I, she was bright eyed. She was like enthusiastic. She tried hard. She had a work ethic. And that was, and then we started to work together. And then we like became like, I was your supervisor sort of thing. And we kind of progressed and developed in that world. And I always, this was when I was starting to think I'm going to start my own business. So then I was like, she'll be my first employee. Like, we connected as humans. I saw characteristics, behaviors that I appreciated in a team member and then would appreciate in my life when I future thought about it that could add value and support and hold my hand and be at the same kind of level to go with me on that journey to help me live my ultimate life and in return enable you to live your ultimate life. So that was one aspect of it. And then the other thing was when I look at like Vic, how you've come on, it was major trust for Hannah and we needed support. We needed more work. Um, and I was, I would, I'm a, what do you call it? Like a late adopter. Anything comes out, like I, we've just started a Facebook group. Like I've never been on Facebook. I didn't have social media for the longest time. I don't buy things. I don't know about the latest shows All that. I'm a late adopter. So what I'm doing is I'm sitting back and I'm observing. And so I sit back and I observe. And for the longest time, I haven't, I didn't observe anyone that I would willingly say, hey, could you just help me with this one hour task? Because it, it, they just didn't feel right. All the things that I had from Hannah, I wasn't seeing that out in the exposure to humans that I had. And um that's why I find it hard to recommend people now as well, because like I can't, I don't have the evidence or experience to go. That's, I would definitely go They're They're going to deliver with work ethic and they value themselves as a human being and all that sort of stuff. But with you, Vic, like it was an experiment. I had a little bit of a desperation. It came from a place of, I don't want to do this task anymore. 
I need anybody in the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I scrolled like through 50 pages to find you. No, I don't. Um, there was a little bit of like, we need support because I was future pacing to like, Hannah and I will get burnt out. And there's also like, we could do this, but we're not like fully connected to it and we needed help. And I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. Definitely not me. And it wasn't fully aligned to Hannah. So then I was like, well, I had heard whispers that you were unhappy with where you were working. And I was like, if, if Hannah's a good human and has all these work ethic things, I'm going to see if her friend that she like has been friends with for a long time and maybe looking for a job probably is aligned similar to her. And it's worth a try. It's worth taking an, uh, an gamble and an experiment on someone because some of the main things that are important to me I think you're going to have. And then it was like, we'll give it a go. And same deal. It was like a couple of hours, try this. You tried so hard. Your work ethic was really good. And you demonstrated, you hit your deadlines and you'd never done any, you, this was a new task. You were learning beyond by yourself. Mm-hmm. So to learn the tool and to have not, you came not from our industry and you used your initiative. And I really, really, that stood out to me a lot. And from that reason, any time there was an opportunity post that, it was, you were my first, I was no longer thinking we've got this project coming up and how will Hannah and I handle it? It was like, no brainer, it's going to be. Mm. So, and that's how it evolved from there. Great. <laughs> I love that story. It's so <laughs> you weren't that desperate though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we <laughs> <laughs> I had one friend too. <laughs> yeah, it makes it easier. <laughs> um, all right. My question now. <laughs> um, what's the best piece of advice you've received on your freelancing journey? Just one thing. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's advice I've received because I can't pinpoint, but I'll just say the advice I'd give to others is to listen to your intuition Mm -hmm. and then take action in the way that serves you best from that. I love a gut feeling, so I agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, my question is what habits do you need to build to keep a business running? so many I think there's that disc profile like I don't know what it is now direct maybe um there's like the people one there's the system and then there's like I don't know like a little bit like conservative or something I can't remember they're not the words but it's like that's kind of the vibe of each of those like little quadrants and when I was an employee I was highly people orientated and um directive and now I am definitely not that um I am like I was anti-systems fuck that my brain was like a scatter and I was like just existing and doing my thing it was working for me but I've become very system focused and someone I was coaching recently said god came you're like very system focused and I was like whoa what's that about and that comes down to a value And one of my values is to make life as easy as possible for myself. 
And a lot of the habits that I have are around how can I minimize the pain or the discomfort or the things that I don't like so that they're not like that. And they're the things that I can't get rid of. There's certain tasks that you guys can't do. There's certain things that we have to do as a business. So now I have like them in my calendar. And I always, this is the number one thing anytime someone is part of our freelance mastermind or part of um, coaching for business stuff. The number one habit that you have to get into is scheduling your time. You need to set up systems and processes that work for you, align to your values and align to your outcomes, whether that's delivering on client tasks, um, business building, all that sort of stuff. So your schedule has to be set up. When I go back to those three things of people time, strategy time, operational time. So for we have like a couple of examples that are in our week. Is like our catch-ups. You each get individual catch-ups. You know, that's people time. I have buffer time in there to be able to support each of you for any ad hoc questions that come up, that coaching. We create studio insights as people time, you know. Operationally, I'm not available 100% of my day to work on client tasks. Only a segment of it is because I've got to spend my time in all three segments. So Whereas you guys might be at like a full eight hours, I might only have two hours for client work some days and some days I have six or I need to shuffle that around. So the habit is really like figuring out where do you need to be spending your time so that it is filled with joy? Number one, that goes into your calendar first. And then it's around setting your business up for the future. So business building activities, for example, I do them every day, business building activities. And then the third part is like scheduling in client time. So I'll just focus on your schedule and setting that up so that you're spending your time in the right way. Because if you focus too much on that operational side, you will go out of business or it will be very, very hard to enjoy what you do. So number one, schedule in your joy. Yeah, love it. I think that's important because if people have been an employee for a certain amount of time and they haven't managed a team or they mm-hmm. have like the business side of things, I think would be like easy to be in that mindset. Like I personally would just like get the work done and forget about <laughs> the business and the other stuff, other things. So I think it is like, it's like a breakdown of what's important. Yeah. Thanks. Um, my next question you kind of touched on a little bit before when you said you had the um you'd always had like the ten thousand dollar buffer money put aside um but do you think people need to have like a safety net before they decide to quit their job and start working full-time and if they do how much do you think they need I think it's situational and that will come down to each individual's risk levels you know like some people are just like but I'll make it work. And sometimes that lack of a safety net actually puts you into a sense of urgency where you Mm -hmm. take action even more quickly. You get results even more quickly because you're like, I've got a family to feed or I need to pay rent next week. So I need to make it work. So sometimes that um, urgency is really helpful. I think people need to realize that our industry, like we don't get paid by clients traditionally every week or every fortnight 
you know, you're getting paid by milestones or you're getting paid sometimes with delays of up to two to three months because of the way that the biz, the operations of that business works. You invoice, they don't pay it till the end of the month. You've already completed the project. And in those situations, I would say definitely renegotiate payment terms because that's not acceptable to be delivering the project. And then two weeks later or two months later, you're getting paid. So I would say just be conscious of it's not a regular income. And then you've got to think of downtime. So if a contract takes two months to sign, you, I would think, and that's just a pattern that we've noticed in the five years from the first phone call, for example, this is probably on average, but the first phone call, sometimes they're like, we're ready to go, like send us the proposal and we're signing it off kind of thing. But if something did take two months and you finish a project, you need that two month buffer. So, and that might look like we do this in the freelancer playbook where I get, and in the um, mastermind where I get people to figure out how much does your ultimate life actually cost? And it's not as high as people think. People are like, oh, I want a million dollars because it's a fat number that's just easy to say. Everyone wants to be a millionaire. But like, do you need that much money? Like not all the time is it that um, high. Sometimes it's only like, I don't know, like I worked mine out recently. What was it? It was like, I think I won't go exact, but it was like $30,000, like literally $30,000 Australian per year to go on the holidays that I like to do, to eat in restaurants, all that sort of stuff. So there's not a lot. And then if I'm maybe thinking about saving and stuff, like it's a bit higher. So really get clear on what is your number? And then knowing that if if I need $30,000 to live my ultimate, like a nice life, a decent minimum that I will accept moving forward in my business, then you've got to make sure that that's there. So like, is it two months or is it like your ultimate life? And then for us, like I've got to think about you guys. It's not just me trying to pay myself. I got to pay a team. So what is, what are my expenses, you know, as a business? Um, so I would think, yeah, I don't know. That That's kind of my answer. Think about the time, think about the ultimate life that you want to live and how much you need per week, per fortnight to fund that. And then be realistic around how often contracts come through, how long they take um, to complete a project. Do you have dry spells? Um, and then being able to make sure that if a dry spell went for three months, could you fund yourself yeah. or what are you doing in that sense of urgency to make sure you're locking down the next contract? Because sometimes yeah. as I say, that panic really is helpful. Mm. Very good advice. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I wonder as well, like on that, if like it can depend on people's personality as well. Like if you have a personality that's prone to stressing and not doing well under pressure, you might need more money <laughs> on the side compared to someone who's like an entrepreneur and loves being under pressure and like the feeling of risk I, don't know. I do think it's that and that's why I tell people all the time we work it out in the mastermind and with the playbook for the freelancers is what does your what is that number because a lot of the times we don't know and we don't know what we actually need to feed ourselves to pay our insurances to fund the lifestyle of our loved ones and that 
at a minimum, the bare minimum, just to get by and not be homeless kind of thing. We don't know what that is. So we need to have a reality check of, I need this much money. And then the risk stuff doesn't play out as extreme. Mm. Yeah. Because like, if I say like $30,000 a year, like I can have a good life doing that. That wouldn't allow Belle Vista Studios to, to survive. See you later, girls. But um, like... <laughs> it's not that scary so that if there is downtime I'm not going oh my god like what I'm used to earning is not there now like what am I going to do I'm like it's good it's good it's it's safer it feels more relaxed and -hmm. then I go okay well it's not there so what are you going to do about it and I'm Mm -hmm. not coming from a panicked state yeah because I have a reality check Mm. All right. My question is, how do you continually get contracts? Like, what's your advice for people to, like, keep getting them? (laughs) Number one is make sure you have an activity in your calendar every day that is around business building. Some action that will lead you towards a signed contract. Mm. So whatever that looks like for you. Reaching out to people on LinkedIn, adding value to people on social media. Uh, ringing people that you used to work with, ringing people that you used to be employed by, cold calling, depends on what your vibe is and how you want to do your business building activities. So that's the number one thing. And then the other thing is do good work. Because when you do good work, people want to work with you again, or people tell you about, tell others about you, you know? And I told you guys yesterday, like one of the emails I love sending to people is thank you for your recommendation. So we get recommended, someone might say, oh, like so-and-so you worked for them and you did this project. And I reach out to that person that did the recommendation. And I say, thank you so much for your recommendation. It means more than you realize. And I let them know what it means because it is so good. And I say, your recommendation allows me and my team, my team and I, um, to, Work in a job that we love and create the impact on the world that we want to have, which Mm -hmm. is tied back to our values and our ultimate life. You know, so do good work is the second thing and it will all play out. Um, My next one is what... I feel like you have kind of touched on this as well. Um, What traits do you think someone needs to have in order to be a successful freelancer? And it could be their personality or like what skills they should have. Be okay with the unknown. Mm. And be curious to learn. That will solve all your problems. Let's see. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> I don't know about the unknown. <laughs> I'm scared of the unknown. <laughs> With the unknown. <laughs> We're halfway there. <laughs> um, you have touched on this a bit, but how do you avoid burnout? Like, I know you said you lock in that time for things that you love, but is there, like, any advice you have to help people, like, not 
completely lose it <laughs> and be like, oh, I can't do this anymore. The number one thing has to come back, back to why are you doing it? That's why I started with that. Locking in your joy. The yeah. number one thing that gets scheduled into my week and my future months is the joy moments, is the weekends away, is the um catching up with my friends that I love like and I have a good time with catching up with the people that I love like going out for dinner dates that sort of stuff that goes into my calendar as a priority before any other stuff comes in and when I do that because it makes it easier right if I'm accountable the ones that sleep are like my walks because I don't like exercising um but and I normally do them by myself like or sometimes I do it with another person but if I'm accountable to someone else, a dinner date, for example, um, I can't say oh, I'm too busy, you know, like our oh, work's taking over. Like it's, it's harder to say that. Whereas the walk, if I'm like in the zone with a task, I'm like, oh, skip it. It's okay to skip it. So number one, prioritize joy, get it into your calendar. Do when you're building this habit, you need to have your accountability buddies, like do things with others so that you make sure that that joy comes in. And then the rest, that just makes it like, that's where the blend comes from, right? Like, because when you have those in there continuously, it's just, doesn't, it just feels like life. You're just existing in the life that you love. And like, for me, I know what's really important to me. I've identified, you know, like travel is really important to me. I love time at the beach. I love weekends away. So I, every year, plot out those weeks away. I'm looking up on my calendar. Like, um, I, and I've got it. Like, my desk is over there. I've got the calendar of the whole year in front of me that I can look at every day. And in a certain color, in the blue and the green, is it's a holiday, and this is where you're going. Or it's a working holiday, and this is where you're going. Or it's reflection time to work on the business, and this is where you're going. And I do four holidays for like reflection and goal setting every year. I have my weekends away plotted out and I don't have them all booked and like COVID makes that difficult as well. But I know that that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I won't be in my house. I'll be somewhere. Or I know that that weekend is plotted in. So every second time or every uh, three weeks, I'm going somewhere. And because that's so important to me and you guys know this with my energy, when I go and do those things, I come back and I'm fucking like on fire and we are like, I'm just like, I come back stimulated and I can like really inject good stuff into the business. Mm. I'm probably a nicer human being to be around with. And then you guys benefit because I'm able to sit back and think what's important to the girls. Where are we headed? What are we doing? I'm excited by life. I want excitement to come into other aspects of my life. And then that's where things like our excursions come from or like let's do lunch and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, know what's important to you and then prioritize that so that if joy comes first, because life is about joy, life is about living for you first. And then job is just kind of how you execute on that. Then it mm -hmm. makes it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, who did you follow or listen to when you were getting started? And even now still, I know you listen to. Yeah. Um, the number two people that helped me the most back when I was employee transitioning was Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk on LinkedIn. I'd watch his videos. Um, and Christo. 
so Christo owns a graphic design agency. Now it's more of an education company, but he had exceptional Gary V from a branding and marketing. And you'll see that's where we bring so much um, value to the, or to the world, like from that. And also he's a good motivator as well. Like he's around like do things for the right reason. A lot of the stuff that I'm talking about, we kind of are similar on. And then Chris Doe from a like, how do you negotiate contracts? And how do you quote and scope? And how do you talk about price? And so he gave me a really good business acumen. I had a base knowledge, but he took me next, next level. So mm -hmm. I listened to them for like two years, like all the every day or like pretty much. Like I used to sit there all day listening while I was doing my tasks. Now it's evolved because those things are two years later, three years later, mm -hmm. um, like they have it for me, you know, like I... Mm -hmm comfortable in those spaces that they educated they were my mentors and now I'm about becoming a more true version of myself which we've spoken about in um, studio insights a few times so the people that I would say are my mentors now are a guy called Peter Crone he calls himself the mind architect and he is really around, you know, the stories that we're telling ourselves, the meaning making that we do, all this bullshit that goes on in our head. And he's just setting me up to really just be myself mm -hmm. and to forget about mechanics that don't serve me. And he gives really practical advice. So I listened to his interviews on um, people have interviewed him on podcasts on YouTube. Uh, there's another one, which her name is Dr. Shafali, and she is, I actually came across her from a parenting book that I read a few years ago, which I got a lot from her in how, how to be a parent, uh, how to parent better, <laughs> but it was all about relationships. I can't have expectations of others. I need to nurture and encourage the authentic self of the other I need to accept the other person so that has allowed me to all those really annoying things that you both have accept them <laughs> and just say let it go or care less and then it makes life easier working with you basically so she allowed me to be more accepting of others and to yeah, just be more empathetic that not everyone's like me. So that has been huge. And another one is um, Sadhguru. He's like a mm. spiritual kind of dude, talks about energy and um, all life stuff, but like from a more, I don't know how to articulate it. I'm trying to think of something. Um just to let it go let shit go and why why are you thinking like that and so yeah the more I like the business stuff is a skill you can learn now I'm on human optimization skills and those things are allowing me to those three last ones that I mentioned um allow me to be less fearful if we don't have contracts um allow me to know that opportunity and abundance is available in the world and that means like from contract perspective but also like what do we want to do you know and I always say to to you guys like 
Well, Vista Studios will evolve in the way that we evolve as humans, which it has. It's like, what's important to you? So to just go with the flow and to be really aligned to the core of who I am, number one, and then you girls, and then let's go there. You know, possibility, I, I open my mind, don't be afraid, just come from a place of love and create it. Thank you. <laughs> you are very hard to work with, Vic. I will. <laughs> a lot of well behaved child. <laughs> I'll give you that parenting book. It'll teach you how to <laughs> while accepting her little shit. <laughs> um. <laughs> How's your energy, Kim? Are you ready for more? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, my question is, how do you build long-term relationships with your clients that leads to future work? There's like, I'm so mindset, hey, but there's the mindset stuff, which is be your authentic self, do good work. And there's lots of business building activities that you can do. I don't want to give them all away because our clients watch our videos. So they're going to know <laughs> that I'm like, what? She actually doesn't love me? I do love you. But um. <laughs> There's lots of things I do. You know, I say like that, thank you. I think that's a business building activity, but it's also like I'm very fucking grateful. Like, here's some love back your way. Um, I check in with clients. Like, you know, we launched that big project a month ago. How's it going? Like, we haven't forgotten about it. Like, what's the word on the street? What are your employees saying? So I do things like that. And I think when you're just a human who is curious and like trying to do good work, you naturally reach out in those ways as well. So it's more of a partner relationship as opposed to a vendor relationship. Um, what other things do I do? I check in with clients. Like we produce so much good stuff. So when we create something cool, um, whether it's a resource or it's a video and it reminds me of a conversation I've had with the client, I reach out and I go, hey, I know that you were struggling with this a while ago. Like our team has this resource that might add value. So mm -hmm. I do things like that to, you know, add value to their lives. Yeah. Nice. Love it. Um, if you could start Bell Vista Studios all over again, would you do anything differently? Do I have anything? I don't know, what's my situation? Why am I starting over? Or like go back well, in just, time. I mean, just if you could, yeah. If I could <laughs> that was the option. Um, would I do anything differently? I don't know if I would, to be honest. I think um one of the things that I hear a lot is like, and I'm a little bit of a Scrooge, like personally in my money, I've always like grown up to like save every two cents. And like, it's a big deal when you get another dollar in your bank account. So I think in the past, I've been very hesitant to spend money on things. And I like, I remember like, the, probably the first time when I was like, yeah, go for it was like when you guys were like, oh my God, look at Canva. And I was like, oh fuck yeah, that is good. And like, it's $150. Mm -hmm. um, it's nothing for the year. And that was the first time I was like, go for it. 
it was like in the past, I'd be like, justify why, you know? So I would say, don't be afraid to spend money when it is an investment back into the business because mm-hmm. a lot of people won't get an articulate license or they won't get a, a, a some sort of tool because that $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 that you have to pay upfront that exists for 12 months and allows you to live your ultimate life seems like a scary expense but you've got to think about it differently and you've got to change your mindset around that. So I probably encourage people to reflect on how it will add value and spend the money. Mm. I know your money, but like there are things that will make your life easier. Mm-hmm. Go for like on the scheme of $150, how many we're in Canva multiple times a day. You know, yes. like getting a second articulate license was a big deal for me at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, like, we need to, because if I don't get it, it means that two of us, you know, this was back in the day, like when we only had two people, two mm-hmm. of us can't be working on two client projects. So we're restricted to the income that we can make. So just being thinking about it a bit differently. I wouldn't change much, but I'd say, and this is just something I'm working on personally, you spend a bit more money where it's going to add value, the return on investment is justified. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that's good. That's not, not like a huge change to make. And it's something you can do at any time, really. Like it wouldn't have necessarily changed where, like we've ended up <laughs> by you not doing that earlier kind of thing. Yeah. It just means going forward, we can maybe do some things easier <laughs> if we find more things to buy. Now you'll probably clip this video and be like, remember when you said this, Kim? Well, this spend my money on. Like, yeah. But then also like there's discounts as well, like being savvy around mm-hmm. we don't have an annual Shutterstock license. We have a monthly one or a casual one, sorry. Shutterstock on their website give you a 10% discount on every time you purchase. So mm-hmm. doing that, you know, and we have a casual one because we don't always use Shutterstock and we allow time when we have a license to go in and get fucking heaps of shit so that we can use those 350 downloads, you know. But now I'm just like, it's a client project. It's built into them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good starting point, though. Like, I like that you're, you've always been very thoughtful around what we spend money on because I think, like, it would be really bad if someone just said yes to everything. <laughs> and saw everything as like bells and whistles and we have to have that or I'm not going to succeed like I think over time like the subscriptions and the things that you're buying can add up and prevent you from moving forward or like surviving as a business so yeah. I think that is a strength of yours the fact that you're very thoughtful but I also see what you mean that yeah it's cool that it's like you're getting the right balance now of like we can buy things and it will add value but I think like, I like that thoughtful part thinking about do we actually need it? And is it just because it looks really cool? Like what would we actually use it for? Like being really realistic around it? Yeah. 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 Don't go crazy on like a really expensive website or logo. Like you can get really freaking good websites or sorry, logos for like 25 bucks on Fiverr. Mm. You know, there are ways around it. So, but this is my mindset about money is like, so it's not, it's my personal philosophy on money. So you have to figure out what yours is, but I don't think you need to 
go excessive to achieve results. And I'm about achieving results with minimal money because many minimal expenses, because the money that I want to hold for us is a lunch date or something like that. So I'm kind of weighing up where I want that money to be. Yeah. Oh, all right. Is it my turn? Yes. Yes. Um, how, well, it's around like boundaries. Like what boundaries do you think you need to set to survive as a business? Oh, okay. So what is a business? A business makes money and produces something. Mm. So you need to know what that something is. Is it services? Is it a product? Which ones is it? Which ones is it not? So get very clear on that. There's certain things that we don't, like we've done VR, but we're not a VR company. You know, we've done AR, but we're not an AR company. So getting, and that was when I was kind of a little bit unclear and, you know, it was new and I was experimenting. And then we experimented and I was like, hmm, it's not us. There's people that do it better. So if we ever need solutions that do that, we'll hire them. So getting clear on what are the services or the product that you offer and that you don't. And then how do you make money for that? What was your question again, Hannah? Sorry. Um, it's around like what boundaries you'd need to set. Yeah. So I think that's good. Like boundaries around what you're actually going to work on. Mm. Is there yeah. any other boundaries that you set with like clients potentially? So like so you're not like working all these extra hours and not getting paid for it or Victoria and I aren't messaging you at 11 o'clock at night asking for help. You're like, you know what I mean? Like that's the can of worms now. <laughs> yes, there are lots of boundaries as Hannah has now pointed my attention to. <laughs> Where to begin? I'll just close off. So if you're a product or service, you got to make money. One of the main things that we do in the freelancer mastermind is around that. What is your figure? And you now know your, if you, even if you don't do hourly rates, you now know your lowest hourly rate that you need and you never go below that ever, 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 ever again. Because you know that that's the figure you need to fund your ultimate life. So that's a good one around money because people are like, oh, I'll do it for free and, you know, I'll try, get the experience. And there's the presented opportunity of future work. If I do this one at a lower rate, for example, or uh, this is a friend, so I'm going to do them a favor. No, know your worth and know what you want to live and exist for and charge for that. Um, in terms of boundaries with team. <laughs> um, there are none. <laughs> we have no boundaries. <laughs> the boundaries. What are some good boundaries we've set up, I guess? Well, I think like when we have days off, we don't message each other. That's a good Except one. for that one time. <laughs> when we learned the lesson. <laughs> so yeah, we don't message outside of ours. Um, we use Skype. We, I took that off my phone so I don't get distracted by notifications. We know not to message people on our days off when we're on holidays. We communicate. This is why you could call me and um otherwise we've done the work before to make sure that that doesn't happen um we know 
what else do we have? I think another important thing is when you start a business, knowing your niche or the area of work when you go back to the services and products that you want to provide and you don't want to, you know, saying yes to projects and saying no to projects. And when you're clear on that, it makes it a lot easier. Like we don't do that kind of work. Or if we're going to do that kind of work, it would mean that we'd need a partner or we'd need a subcontractor. How do we feel about that? Is that something we want to do? Or is it any time, you know, um, like we've recently just discussed this, if a tender is put out and it means that we would need to be flying around the country to facilitate workshops, do we want to do that? Nah, we don't. So then we don't respond. So we kind of have our own little things that, and that's it. We each ask, we say, Kim, do you want to do that? No, I don't. Hannah, do you want to do that? No, I don't. Vic, do you? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, let's make it work for Vic because that's important to her. Um, and I think like you've got to have, I guess, go back to your calendar and like make sure you're not working on the weekends. Like you, just because you own a business or you're a freelancer, it doesn't mean, and this is a big thing because it happens to me. I'm still working on it. But like, when you're sitting there, that you don't have to be available nine to five because everyone else is doing their thing. Mm. Like you're creating your ultimate life. So today, this morning, like I'm out doing my thing. I'm not checking work stuff. And mm. if a client rings, I can't answer it. I'm not working. And at the weekend, I'm booking in fun things. Like I'm not grinding till midnight to get stuff done. Like I'm planning my projects properly. I'm planning the team properly. The team are planning us properly so mm. that we are able to live our lives. Like work is one aspect. So how do we facilitate that and be effective as a business? And it's about managing your time properly. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um. Again, my next question you have kind of touched on, I think, in other answers, but you might have more to add. Um, but it's around how you manage fear. So like quitting your job when you don't have, when you haven't started a business yet, finding clients, winning projects, um, taking on employees, that kind of thing. But I feel like you did, when you were talking about imposter syndrome, I imagine it would be kind of similar, like figure out what action you need to take and then take it. And that gets you out of your head a bit. Yeah, good summary. Anything else? To add? <laughs> oh, it's always just like what, like I'm coming from a place of fear right now. What does love look like in this moment? And go take action on what resonates from that. Mm. And sometimes it is like, yeah, I'm fucking shit scared of this. What does love look like in this moment? Well, go chill. Go watch something on Netflix and chill right now because you're not ready to deal with it. And that's okay. Thanks. <laughs> Tears gone. <laughs> <laughs> I always say, like, I feel like we're all going to die one day. I know it's so, like, hectic, but I'm like, we're all going to be dead one day anyway. Absolutely. That works for me anyway. It might work for some people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you you got to think about that thing that jolts you, you know. Like I think about the people I love dying and then yep. I'm like, go do something. Jesus, yeah, what if they did die? What would you regret? Fuck, I'd have regrets. Okay, well, take action so that you don't have regrets. Yeah. Um, okay, this is my last question. 
what advice do you have for people who are starting a business or freelancing that don't understand like the legal side of things and they're feeling a bit overwhelmed? Like they don't want to get sued or they're just, because I would be like, I'd have no idea. <laughs> you have a video on this. Um, I think it's around contracts or something. In our yeah. YouTube freelancer playlist, go watch that video. It will definitely help you. We also have a resource um, on the Creator Hub, which is the contract and statement of work template. There's a, it's basically a list of questions to help you think about your situation and the risks that may arise and helps you plan to do something about them. So they would be the two places I would go. The work's already being done for you. It's all being shared from, we've gone through that. So yeah, I'd point you to those two resources. Awesome, thanks. I have two questions, but one of mine you kind of just answered. Um, I wanted to know what products you would recommend on the Creator Hub. What top three products would you recommend to someone who's starting or just looking for help on their freelancing? journey from the creator hub did I say that already <laughs> the freelancer mastermind bundle is epic like it is unbelievable and we know the stories of the people that have got that like we've changed lives people have quit their jobs people have gotten double the income triple the income of what they were earning from going through that how is it best support you because you get everything that we've ever produced around freelancing and you get coaching with me, if that is even of value to people. Um, it is because people have got value from it. But so basically that's, that is the ultimate. It's like, it's not even that much money. Like it's nothing on the scheme of you living your ultimate life. Like that's what you got to think about your ultimate life. So what do you get? You get proposal templates, you get that contract template, you get all our email templates. There's like 20 of them. It's like, if the client hasn't paid you, the email template, you can send them. The contract or the email you need to send so that they deliver their tasks on time and you stick to a schedule. And what happens if they meet, they miss their deadline? Um, what are you going to do about it? All those templates exist. There's other templates in there. What are they? I can't even remember now. Proposal, contract, statement of work, email templates. Oh, the freelancer playbook. The freelancer playbook is like, it starts with, what do you want for your life? Why are you here? What do you want to do with your time here? Okay, now what's it going to cost to actually have money to live that? And how are you going to create daily habits, weekly habits, quarterly habits to make sure that you're maintaining and you exist in that ultimate life moving forward? It talks about things like proposals. It gives you scripts to help you with sales conversations. It's freaking epic. So the freelancer mastermind bundle is the business. Like it is the bomb. If you resonate with anything I ever say around business, it's all there. I'm giving it away. And part of that is coaching twice a month where sometimes it's a group. Sometimes you're lucky and you get one-on-one -on -one coaching and you literally just come into a safe space. I am like a genuinely authentically care about the journey that people are on. Like that's why that product exists because I'm so passionate about this sort of stuff. And helping because I know that I'm living my ultimate life with people that I love. So I want to create that experience for other people and help them get there. And I know it's it comes so easy for me. So you get coaching, I'll give you your blueprint, I'll sit down and write shit with you, I'll help you, I'll practice role plays, all that sorts of stuff. That is the one thing, Vic. I ain't going any further. <laughs> the mastermind bundle. Come experience it. 
go do it. Like I'm telling you, I, this will tell you the power of a coach and learning. Ha. I am signing up for, I signed up for skateboarding lessons. I have wanted to, I found photos of when I am two years old on a skateboard sitting there. Like I'm not doing anything. I'm not like some freaking sky brown, amazing little Olympic 13, 12 year old kind of kid. I am the kid that has had a skateboard throughout life, went to the library every Saturday, read books about living in Ireland. We don't have like that cool culture that we hear in Australia do, but I'm reading books about surfing. I'm reading books about skating. I'm trying to do it. I can't do it. I literally can go on the skateboard like this. I'm now like older, a lot older than then. And I'm, I really want to do it because it brings me so much joy going back to what's important in your childhood. And people have said to me, oh, do you want skate lessons for your birthday? I'm like, no, like I can work it out myself. I'll do it myself, back off. And that's too much accountability for me. <laughs> and also I'm afraid, I'm afraid of falling. I don't want to hurt myself. I don't want to break anything. And then I trying, I'm trying, I'm trying and I'm getting nowhere. I've revisited skateboarding in the last like year where I'm like, I really want to do it. Like, I just want to be able to cruise around. Like I'm not talking big jumps or anything, but I just really want to like cruise around and it's on my vision board. And I haven't been able to get there. A long time I've been trying like on and off over the years, like try, 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 try. No progress. I cannot ollie. I have never been able to go down ramps. Like I'm too afraid. And then I don't know what triggered it. Oh, I had a moment of like, what do you like? What's the joy you need to book in? Like, what's the things that you need to do more of? I was booking that stuff into my calendar and I was booking skate time in and I did it for like two weeks. And I was like, fuck this, I'm going to get over it because I can't make progress. Mm-hmm. And I'd read all the books. I know how to stand on the board. I know how to do the drop in, but I can't do it when I'm standing at the top of the little ramp. Like it scares the shit out of me. So I signed up for 10 classes, like I'm paying the money. It's, it was like, it's not even that much on the scheme of when I break down the 10 lessons, I'm like, it's nothing. How do they even afford to stay open? But now on the first bloody time when I was there with the coach, like it's a group lesson, I dropped in on a ramp. Like I literally am standing there on the skateboard and went down by myself, not holding their hands. And I felt epic. Like, look at my energy now. I'm like, holy shit. The power of a coach. He was so, he's so cute. I keep telling the girls about him. It's like 19. He looks into your eyes. He really wants you to succeed. He's good at what he does. You, like, you see him doing his little skate things. He cares about you. He, there's so much love when he holds your hand trying to do those things. In the first lesson, I dropped in. You know, that's incredible. I never thought I'd be able to do that. And then in the, that made me when I was on the verge of like, nah, I'm like, it's not going to work. I'm never going to be able to skateboard. He's reignited my love for it. And now I'm doing it. I'm going every second day to the skate park. I'm trying. I'm not really making progress, but like (laughs) I'm trying and I'm having those moments before we go to work and I'm like getting that joy in before work. I'm skating before work. And then I come into work and I'm like so excited and I'm like, instead of killing time watching stupid things, I'm like watching videos, not stupid things, but like mundane things that don't add value to my life. I'm watching things that are like documentaries about skaters, for example. And I hear their journey and I'm learning like the techniques a little bit. So there's that like temp, this is so deep, this conversation. Um, but anyway, I'm learning that like 10%, the theory of it. And then I am... Um, um, 
like I'm seeing these people with their stories, their documentaries of how they started their skateboarding career, how they got to the Olympics, what they went through, that like determination to do something that makes me more of a determined human that I then put back into Bell Vista Studios. I've now got a little skate crew. How cool is that? Like we all exchange numbers. We're going to go together. Like I've got new friends. Like that's the power of a coach. That's the power of accountability. That's the power of community, which is social learning. So go get the bundle. <laughs> Links in the description. And I have made so much progress. I never would have, even this morning, I wanted to drop in. I've gone three times to the skate park this week and I couldn't drop in by myself. I needed a little Blake to hold my hand and he wasn't there. <laughs> And anyway, so I was text my sister. I said, can you meet me at the skate park at 6 a.m.? I need your help because I wasn't making the progress by myself. What'd she do? She rocked up at 6 a.m. She just held my hand. I dropped in. I dropped in on a bigger thing. So the power of that support. And she this morning, like I dropped in on that little, um, the little ramp and like 30 times. Anyway, um, and then she said, just go stand on the bigger one. And I was like, it may be an eight times more on this small one. I'll go stand on that bigger one and I'll just see what it's like. And she might hold my hand and I'll go down the bigger one. And she just sped up my progress because mm -hmm. I went over, stood up there and I was like, it's not as scary as I thought. Maybe I could do it. I was like, put your hand out. I'm going to try it. She was like, really? I was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. Held her hand, went down the first time, got it got back straight away, got up, did it by myself on the second attempt. So that is the power of having a coach. That is the power of someone like pushing you because we've got, we can do it. Like we have it within us. Sometimes we just need that little push to give us the shortcuts, to tell us the easier way to speed up those results. 100%. Well, that, like you did that for me, Kim. I remember when we were working in that job together and you approached me each week and there was that, like a job that was much higher than I thought I could ever get at that age. Like it was way above my level and like pay rate and everything. And I had a coaching session with you and you were like, go do it. Like go ask right now. And I was like, no way. And you're like, no, do it. Like you can, you're like, you can, you have the skills to do the job. Like just go and ask for it. Hmm. Yeah, and I got it. <laughs> And 100% if you were not there and you had not had that conversation with me and coached me, there is no way I would have applied for that. Yeah. And that like started my confidence in work. Like that was, I was like, oh my God, like I can actually do this. Like how cool is this? And from then on, it's just like added so much value to my journey. So I 100% see how a coach and doing that freelancer bundle will add so much value to people. Mm, yeah. And you had a desire, right? Like you... You, she was like, oh, like, I remember, I think you even had the role statement or something, or no, it wasn't even that. We were talking about something else. And like, I was just like, what about that job? You know? And you were like, oh, like it was an inkling, but you weren't going to do it unless you're pushed, you know? And it was like, literally, literally just like, go ask after this conversation. It wasn't like you needed to be coached on how to have the conversation or whatever. You just needed that little push. Yeah. And then you, the rest of it, you did it yourself. Like you prepared for the interview. You did the interview yourself. You got the job, you know, like that push. Yeah, I remember that where we were sitting and everything. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Jurassic Park, wasn't it? <laughs> Good times.
Okay. <laughs> last question. <laughs> um, so my last one, which is just to like finish it off nicely and maybe sum up the five years. What are your favorite things about being your own boss, having your own business? I love that I am creating my life. I have control, more control over how I spend every day, what I work on, um, who I work with. I love that I feel like I own my life, that no one else owns it. Like I'm not owned by an organization or a corporation. I'm doing it and I'm doing it for me. And I'm doing it with the people I love. Beautiful. <laughs> I just want to make sure I love you. Um, <laughs> yeah, you do it for the right reasons. What do you want in life? Go get it. Like that's, that is as simple as it is. Like you choose. You want this? We'll choose and go get it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that little like yep that's why you don't you do get it but um i have to, i want to ask you guys like if you think about who's going to watch it like how long are we into this video i don't even know like <laughs> how long well i think it's been like an hour and a half maybe <laughs> okay it doesn't matter um there's so much value in here like, you've got to like look at things like the passion where I light up all those things are clues like that do it for the right reasons what would you say for people that are listening like the freelancers consultants people that might be in their business a while they're feeling a bit fatigued some of the things that resonated for you that you would share like this this is the core takeaway just focus on this for now I feel like for me it is just like if you don't like something figure out how to change it and then actually like take the action to change it mm. like that's but yeah there's probably two main things that's the first one it's always about like taking action like you can think about doing it forever but mm. if you don't like your job or you're not happy with what you're doing like only you can do something about that so that's one thing and the other thing is about being your authentic self because I feel like what you said with that about having like your values, Belvista Studios values and like our own values, um, like that does just impact every single day. Like we, I don't come to work and feel like I have to like watch what I say or <laughs> even like how I say things. Like we just, this conversation, like this whole conversation is exactly the conversation we have off camera. Like we don't, mm. we're not like putting on a show or anything. Like it's just, you say what you think <laughs> when you think it. Luckily for us, it's all worked out because <laughs> we all like we all have those values where what we say like resonates with each other kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I feel like that for me, that is like the key to actually being happy in whatever job you're in. Like as long as you're being you and you're like allowed to be you, then I don't really see how you could be like unhappy. Very <laughs> mm. big. <laughs> <laughs> That whatever long up until that, Vic just summarized basically the essence in one minute. 
Um, I think what resonated with me the most is like similar to what Vic said, like taking action. Like if you want something different and you're not completely happy, like just remembering that you only like we have this one life and we are going to die. And like, what are you going to do with that time? And I think that can really help with fear and like imposter syndrome. Like if you're a bit worried about putting yourself out there or what if I fail and people like judge me or what if I sound silly? Like it's it's your life. And if you want to be happy and you want to get the most out of it, take action and like, you'll be okay if it doesn't work out. Like all of us, our business has experienced, like we've made mistakes and we've had to like deal with things that haven't gone right. But overall, like we're so happy because we get to do what we love that like you always survive it. You're not going to die because you forgot to send a client an email or you said the wrong thing in a meeting. Like, I think that's like, what I get from it um and I think like just taking the time to stop like when you said you did that um Simon Sinek sort of session where you like figured out what was important to you like I think that is so powerful because a lot of people don't even know what they want and I think that enables you to figure out like what are you passionate about what are your values like how much money do I actually need to live like all of those things I think once you know that it will like motivate you to do something because you you know what you need. <laughs> and then, yeah, authenticity. Like I love that about our team. And I think it does lead to success because like we just give our value and what we can give to the world and we don't try and like copy or be someone else. We just like, yeah, add our own value, which is different. Beautiful. I would like to say, though, before we finish the video, congratulations, Kim, for starting this business, like getting through all of the challenges, like bringing Victoria and I on board. Like, I, like congrats. <laughs> congrats to you for having me. <laughs> this is the kind of shit we have to deal with. <laughs> like, I think it's a very big achievement that should be celebrated, what you've done with the business. Mm -hmm running for five years so round of applause for Kim you're incredible we're enabling as well like yeah it's it's a team effort now it's just a team existence we do it we do it you created it though crack the whip sometimes <laughs> I believe in these two so much sometimes they don't so then I have to like Give him a big kick up the arse. <laughs> yeah. Do you have words for the listeners, Kim, before we finish the video? I have definitely said what I need to say. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Good luck with your journey. Take action. Listen to the amazing advice that Kim has shared. She is epic. And yeah. Bye. <laughs> What's up, awesome human? Thank you, thank you, thank you on behalf of myself and the Bell Vista Studios team for continuously choosing to learn with us. We really appreciate it. If the tips and the insights and the context resonate with you and you want to take your skills to the next level or you want to make your life way easier, you will love our Creator Hub. The Creator Hub is a place 
for people like you and us. Basically, it's the stuff that we use internally at Bell Vista Studios and then we just share it publicly with you. The Creator Hub is created by instructional designers for instructional designers. And what you'll love there at the moment is we've got a quiz, Could I Be a Better Instructional Designer? that has so much tips in the feedback if you're interested in human-centered design or just taking your skills to the next level in terms of the solutions you're creating, the problems you want to solve. But in there as well, aren't we cute? That's us. Um, but we've got the coaching courses, freebies, give us gratitude, and also we've got some templates. And basically they're always around the lens of learning experience design, instructional design, and e-learning. So a human-centered design focus is very much what we're about at Bell Vista Studio. So putting your learners at the heart of a solution and creating something for their needs. So there's the human-centered design stuff and then we've also got the business stuff. So this is the stuff they don't teach you about when you want to become a freelancer or a consultant in the instructional design world. So go check it out. The link is in the description. You can check out everything that is available for you. Thank you for choosing to learn with us. Continuously invest in your skills. You will be rewarded as an instructional designer. Share this stuff, share it with other people because when we are better instructional designers, we create better solutions that create better humans that create a better world. So we have a very important role and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have an awesome day.